In this session of Look at the Book, we're going to focus on verse 15 of 1 Peter 4. And the question I want to ask, because it's just one verse, and you'd think, well, that's pretty straightforward, but it's puzzling. The question I want to ask is, um, why does he say not to suffer? Let none of you suffer. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, thief, evildoer, meddler. I mean, it just seems so obvious. What, what's going on? Why, why would he bother to, to tell them not to suffer as a murderer, thief, evildoer, meddler? And, and the way I want to approach this is to illustrate for you the kind of questions you can pose to something like this that can dig you down deep into something that on the face of it looks pretty obvious. So this is illustrating with questions and uh, parallels. There's two other parallels in 1 Peter that might shed light on it. So Father, as we look at verse 15 and the simple, straightforward command not to <coughs> not to suffer for killing anybody or stealing, show us if there's more going on here that might help us live our lives free from all sin and pleasing to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me read it in context here. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. We've already looked at that in another session. And now comes, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or a meddler? So the first question I want to ask, and, and this didn't occur to me right away, but it came and it, and it proved to be illuminating. When he says, let none of you suffer as a murderer, it's conceivable at least that he could mean, strictly logically, don't get caught. <laughs> of course, that's not what he meant. But but look at it. Let none of you suffer as a murderer. It's okay if you murder. Okay if you're a thief. Okay if you're an evildoer. Okay if you're a meddler. But let none of you suffer. Don't get caught. Don't don't suffer for it. And of course, when you ask that question, you you realize well the answer is obviously no. He he's not saying it doesn't matter if you murder. But he. What it does, when you ask that question, it does raise the question, so why focus, why focus on suffering? Why is he, so that led me me to the second question. Okay, if it's patently obvious, he doesn't mean don't get caught, then why didn't he simply say, but let none of you murder and let none of you steal? And let none of you do evil. And let none of you meddle. Why didn't he say that? I mean, if the point is not about getting caught and suffering for it, but it's really about don't murder, don't steal, don't do evil, and don't meddle, why not just say that? Well, then you realize, well, there is more going on here. He would have said just don't kill, don't steal, don't do evil, and don't meddle if that's, that's what his main concern was. So his main concern seems to have something else to do with suffering. So um, more's going on here. And then I ask, thirdly, 
okay, if more is going on in his concern that they suffer, where else did he talk about this? Did he? And, and then you have to poke around in what you've already read. And this is so illuminating. And so here's the first place. Now we're back at chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. This is, this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. He's talking to servants and slaves here. This is a gracious thing if you endure sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin? Now that's what he's talking about back in, in chapter, chapter 4, verse 15. Sin and are beaten for it. What credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? If when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing. So right there is the same issue as in verse 15 of chapter 4. And here, when you ask a rhetorical question like this, what, what credit is it? If when you sin and are beaten for it, doesn't that sound like somebody had the notion in their heads that there was some credit for it. And that raised the idea, well, maybe he's addressing this issue of not suffering for doing evil because somebody was, was saying something like this. Okay, Peter, you have taught us back in uh, 1-7 following that we have to go through various trials of, of suffering, like being beaten, and you've said that it functions like fire to burn the uh, dross out of the gold of our faith. So maybe suffering per se is what counts rather than suffering for doing good. And it really doesn't matter whether the suffering came from a slip-up that I made. Maybe. I mean, that, that, th at least this rhetorical question here, what credit is it, does sound like somebody was saying, well, there is some benefit in uh, suffering and being beaten for sin. And here's the one other place where he talked about it. Chapter 3, 16 and 17. Have a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame, for it is better to suffer for doing good than, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. There it is. So here we have the same issue as in 4.15, namely, suffering for doing evil. And he's saying, no, you don't want to suffer for doing evil because it's better, it's better to suffer, which means, just think of it now, undeserved suffering undeserved suffering for doing good is better than deserved suffering for doing evil. That's pretty radical. That permeates this book. Undeserved suffering for doing good is better than deserved suffering. And this is just. This is justice, right? So, it, I mean, don't, don't get it wrong. He is saying this kind of injustice is better than this kind of justice. Pretty, pretty strange, huh? Okay, now we're back. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer, 
probably is important to notice rather than just don't kill, don't steal, don't do evil, and don't meddle, because there were people who somehow had it worked out, rationalized in their minds that because of Peter's view of suffering and how good it can be for you, that it didn't matter whether you suffered for doing bad things any more than if you did good things. And so my conclusion is, one, it's not a matter of indifference whether you suffer for doing evil or suffer for doing good. It really matters. That's the first thing I think we'll conclude. Second thing is there is no credit. Get that from, from what, 220, 219. Got this from 317. There's no credit for, no honor, no commendation for suffering for sin. So don't go there. Get that crazy idea out of your head. And the third conclusion, injustice, this is radical, injustice against you is better than your doing doing injustice. That's pretty obvious, but it's pretty radical when you think about it. Preferred to be the person whose house is robbed than being the robber. And the fourth and last thing I would say we should conclude is don't prioritize Prioritize, if you can read it, don't prioritize the value of suffering above the value of doing good. Those are my conclusions from asking a series of questions about that seemingly obvious verse and looking at two parallels.